Dot climbed down from the cart and nodded her thanks to young Fred Airy when he handed her down her bag. She'd been lucky to see him at the station in Ilkley. She'd grown so used to trams and trolleybuses in Bradford that she'd forgotten that the only way to get to Beckendale was to hitch a ride on a cart, or to walk, of course, and Dot hadn't fancied that. It had been strange coming back along the narrow country lanes. Swaying on the wagon seat next to Fred, Dot had stared at the fells as if she had never seen them before. Had the hillsides always been that vibrant a green? The limestone tops that bleached? Cow parsley and buttercups frothed along the roadside, and the blackthorn blossoms still lay like a thick, milky white tablecloth over the hedgerows. Dot remembered wandering along the lanes with her brother Ollie in spring and eating the sweet new blackthorn leaves, bread and butter, they had used to call them. Ollie had been reported missing, presumed dead, a year ago. They had no idea what had happened to him. He was just gone. He had been 19. Dot stood for a moment, her bag at her feet and her hands pressed to the small of her back, while the silence hummed in her ears. It was so quiet. Had Beckendale always been this still? How had she stood it? Used now to the clattering and drilling and hammering and hubbub of the munitions factory, Dot had forgotten what the countryside was like. As her ears tuned in, she realised it wasn't entirely silent. She could hear hammering from the wheelwrights. A baby was crying somewhere, a dog barked, and a voice was raised to shush it. From a distance came the faint bleating of sheep on the fells, and a wood pigeon burbled from a rooftop. She was a long way from Bradford. The air there was dirty and dark. The streets were crowded and noisy with the rattle of motor vehicles, but Dot loved it. Working as a munitionette might be dangerous, but the other girls were always up for a laugh. And when they had finished their long, back-breaking days, they went to the pub and bought their own drinks and smoked their own cigarettes. The men didn't like it, of course, but Dot and her friends were doing their bit for the war effort. And why shouldn't they enjoy their free time? Dot hoped the war would end soon, of course, but sometimes she wondered what life would be like afterwards. The men would all want their jobs back, and she had no intention of going back to being a servant. She'd worked at Emmerdale Farm before the war, and although Maggie Sugden wasn't as bad as she had thought at first, Dot didn't want to go back to that. Cooking and cleaning and washing and ironing, and nothing to do in the evening but go to bed and then get up the next day and do it all over again. And all for a pittance. No thank you. Dot wanted more than that. But first, there was the war to be won. As if they didn't all have enough to deal with, now the flu was running out of control. The trickle of cases had turned into a flood, and now the sound of a cough made everyone uneasy. Agatha Tucker had gone home one night, and the next day they'd heard that she had died, just like that, and she wasn't the only one. Dot had heard rumours that the factories would close to stop the flu spreading any further, but that was ridiculous. They had to keep producing ammunition for the troops, didn't they? A few people had taken to wearing masks, and some of the girls were refusing to go to the pub after work. But as Dot said to her friend Ellen, there were so many ways to die at the moment, they might as well die happy. 
Now the flu had even reached Beckendale. Her mother had sent a frantic message to say that her father was seriously ill, and when Dot had asked the factory manager for leave, he had nodded. You might as well go to the country while all this flu's going round, he'd said. Breathe some fresh air, eh? Well, it was certainly fresh, Dot thought. The fresh smell of cut grass and warm earth laced with a strong smell of manure. She'd forgotten that, along with the quietness. Bending to pick up her bag, Dot set off down the familiar street towards the cottage where she had grown up. But when she came to the wool pack, she stopped and stared at the blackened ruin until the sound of her own name made her turn. Dot? Dot Colton? Is that you? Janet Airy and Betty Porter were coming out of the village shop and waving to attract her attention. Janet was tall and angular, while Betty was short and round. They were both carrying baskets, and both were, in Dot's opinion, the biggest gossips in Beckendale. 